Now the thing about these potions is, you gotta make sure to get the crickets fresh. You gotta farm them yourself or catch them. That can be difficult if you're not as spry as someone like old Cranky Kong. But, uh, oh, oh, I got a knock at the door. Who's there? No solicitors. Oh, hey, you Cranky. It's me, Iago, from, from Aladdin. <laughs> oh, uh, Iago, my old good friend. How long has it been? So many years, huh? <laughs> it's been a while since I broke off with Jafar. Uh, I just figured I'd stop in to see how... Somebody with a terrible voice is doing just like myself. You missed the convention last year. <laughs> oh, you know, I've been keeping busy with my magic potions and my jugging and jiving, a little banana slamming here and there. How are things in, I want to say, the Middle East? <laughs> Probably the Middle East. To be honest, I don't have a great geographic location sensor, so I pretty much just do whatever the Sultan tells me, which is usually just standing there eating crackers. But uh, I was wondering, you still got that coconut around? Because I was thinking maybe we could, uh, maybe maybe we could get K. Roll over to take over Agrabah. The place is really going to the pits. Ah, uh, you know, usually I got it, but uh, uh, it's actually on loan right now because uh, Meowth over in Japan needed to use it to catch that Pikachu. <laughs> Meowth, that's right. Even him, his horrible voice. Yeah, I saw him at the convention last year. He was uh, he was chatting up all the babes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they love a good kitty. But, uh, and then after that, I think I'm sending it around to, uh, uh, LeFou, uh, Gaston sidekick. <laughs> well, uh, as long as I'm in the area, maybe we should check up on Yoshi. I, I, I think that he's also got a pretty, pretty awful voice. Around here, we got a phrase for people like that. Nuts to them! Cheers, mate! <laughs> Bring out the Prosecco! <laughs> I, I don't know, I didn't, he didn't grade, his voice didn't grate on me as much as Diddy's. I, well, okay, Diddy's is terrible, but for some reason, when, Diddy like, there were is Yoshi. moments... the same voice actor. <laughs> I do, I do, I'm aware that Diddy is Yoshi. For some reason, I just heard Cranky, and I'm like, is that, that's Gilbert Godfrey, right? That's gotta be. <laughs> there was, it was too, it was too close to ignore. It's Canadian budget version of, of Gilbert Godfrey. Canadian budget, yes, Gilbert Le Godfrey. <laughs> that's not French. That's not Canadian. Yeah, whatever is in your heart. Ah, oh, gosh, what's in my heart is a lot of, lot of regret. Really? Hey, dude. Oh, yeah. I, this... I was entranced. I found this oh. just simply amazing. <laughs> Let's uh let's get into it. Hello everyone, my name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And welcome to the Cartooncast, the podcast where we review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. Not much, as it turns out. I don't Cartana think much of this. Slammer. <laughs> Back up, potato slammer, Jafar. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't even pronounce the the phonemes in that voice. Jafar, I got my tonsils out. How do you dig my new voice? <laughs> Is that Dionysus? <laughs> no, it's just, you know. Anyway. Any Uh Yeah, welcome back. Um, it is our 160th episode, more or less. So we are doing yet, a, yet another video game episode, which means, Zane, you'll be including a lot of... Uh, lot of video game music because it is fun to do so yeah um and what are you doing it for this week <laughs> episode 
<sighs> this weak ass episode. <laughs> this week episode is uh, Donkey Kong Country, which was produced by Nelvana and ran on Teletoon in 1997. So you can already tell it's Canadian. Uh, and it ran in the mm-hmm. U.S. on Fox Family from 1998 to 2000. It was one of the first shows to use motion capture technology uh, and use CGI throughout, much like Reboot, which ran a couple of years prior to this, and I think will be a good comparison. I think so, too. Uh, it, it stands to point out that um, it's not merely one of the first that used mocap, but used it entirely. It's exclusive. So, like, at night, exclusively motion capture. There's a couple other comparison points that we can make. One of which is uh, it contrasts with the, and in fact, maybe that's just a good place to start, uh, kind of talking about what motion capture is and what it does, and then we can go into Donkey Kong shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but motion capture is regularly used in things like simulations. You probably have seen one at the Odd Science Museum, where you like stand in front of a wall and move your arms, and you see like a light guy in the back doing vaguely the same thing. That's that's more or less what we've got going on here, but used as a form of animation. Um, and it contrasts with an older technique, which is rotoscoping, which we saw in Wizards, where it was, you started from basic people moving around, and you sort of, you know, you sort of massaged the numbers on that and came up with something that looked uh, not entirely human, but not entirely animation. Yeah, This is kind of the next step up where you do it automatically. Instead of drawing over a human person, the computer draws over the human person. And if you remember mm-hmm. how computers worked it back in 96... You know, mixed results. But I I don't think that's necessarily a point against this show because, you know, the original Donkey Kong Country, the video games, um, used a similar technique where they pre-rendered 3D models and then just put those into a 2D game. So this is like kind of how I'm used to seeing these characters. It wasn't as jarring as it could have been. It was still pretty jarring to me. Can I um kind of give my little spiel of a little bit of the research I did on motion capture before we go any farther? Yeah. So there's two versions of it. I, I want I, I kind of, you know, whenever there's an opportunity on this show to kind of delve into the history of animation and different techniques, I want to do it. So um, motion capture is kind of interesting because there's two versions of it. One is just broad muscle groups. This was kind of the earlier version. And that's sort of your walking skeleton thing. Um, <laughs> My walking the, skeleton specifically. Yes. It's you've all seen, You've seen it motion. wandering around. It's Zane-based motion. It's a ZBM. That's a common common animation technique. Just Not extensively the kind of in Donkey Kong Country. Um, but there's another version called Performance Capture, wherein subtle face and hand expressions are also captured. I'm not sure which one this was, but it, it, it so it they, there were kind of like finger gestures and like facial expressions, but there weren't a lot of them, which means leads me to believe that it was actually something called the handover technique, where you use basic motion, motion capture, which fits the vintage of this uh, this show, and then you fill in the gaps of the motion capture with extra animation for the fingers and, and face. So I think that's probably what we're working with here. That seems more likely. Honestly, you, it, it seems weird that this was motion capture just because so much of it looks um, n- not Uncanny Valley, but like way, way lower quality than Uncanny Valley. I, I, it's definitely in the same area of Uncanny Valley because we're seeing movement that isn't quite movement, but is n- closer than you normally get with animation. So yeah, it's in the that, suburbs of the valley. <laughs> right. And when you walk through the suburbs of the Valley of the Shadow of Death, um, 
you 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 fear you fear no cranky kong because my <laughs> coconut and my banana gun uh they come for coconut gun <laughs> well, we'll probably get that in a second. Um, but but I think what you're talking about, the Uncanny Valley issue, is a real one because when you're watching a cartoon, you see things that are, you know, these are cartoons. They're clearly not real people or real animals. It's not real life. So if you've been watching cartoons for a long time, you probably have, like, these shortcuts in your brain of, like, oh, this is what a cartoon should move and look like. But this looks close enough, closer to real life that it just doesn't follow that exact track in your brain that, like, separates things into animation versus real life. So I do think the uncanny valley thing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some pros and cons with motion capture. Um, the benefits of it is that it reduces the cost of keyframe-based animation because you're just kind of taking whole cloth what the camera is looking at, mm-hmm. which, which makes it really easy to do stuff like complex movements with secondary motions involved. In For theory, instance, yes. Well, I think it happens here, because, like, when DK is jumping around, you see, like, lovingly rendered butt muscles clenching and unclenching. <laughs> like, you know, flexing, weight shifting, all of these kind of subtle things that wouldn't be included in animation for, I don't know, let's say rocket power. Yeah. You know, when somebody's doing a skateboarding trick, you don't see kind of their mo- movement shifting. You might get, like, a slight tensing before they jump, mm-hmm. but there's, you know... The human body is a complex mechanism. There's a lot more going on under the hood that simply isn't ergonomic to capture if you're doing regular animation. Yeah. Motion capture gets around that, which is I think is really cool and maybe one of the biggest benefits of it. Conversely, and the fact that this was mid-90s technology, um, yes, all of the parts are moving to support the motion, but the main body of Donkey Kong is one large pear-shaped polygon, like inverted pear. Mm-hmm. Uh and then, like, legs attached and arms attached and, like, almost almost like an action figure. Yeah, but that that is, um, thankfully, that's, like, so that that's... I consider the, it a feature, is, not a bug. That, yeah, that is true. Um, one thing that I think is, is related to that is that, you know, his shape is kind of immaterial um, in terms of, like, what is he doing at a given moment? Is he just standing there? Is he climbing a ladder? Is he, you know playing a game it, whatever he's doing is the same amount of work for motion capture and that's just a that's a huge step forward in terms of like how cheap we can make a cartoon to create um, right if you know and it, it allows you to be a lot more dynamic you know there's that constant uh problem with early anime where they would reuse a lot of stuff they'd be standing still as a board that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, b- before they kind of had the resources to make um, more fluid movement, a lot of dynamic stuff. You even see this in anime that's coming out today. If somebody is not talking or interacting with someone, they're generally not moving. That's not the case here. Um, if Diddy is not talking in a scene, he's just, you know, kind of breathing, standing up and down. Yeah, he's that's got a an very idle different. Pose. Right. Yeah, he's got an idle animation. And that's um that's a huge step forward. You know, mm-hmm. it it's not a neat step because there's also a lot of difficulties that come with the motion capture which is that a lot of the traditional animation shorthand, like the laws of squeeze and stretch, you have to add it as a separate step. It doesn't go along with the thing. It's also particularly pretty hard to edit. Like, post-processing on this is a real nightmare. It's, it's generally <laughs> just easier to reshoot the whole thing. Um, and you're also re- limited to reality and physics. Like, if you can't motion capture... If you're trying to motion capture someone getting shot out of a cannon, you're going to have to get a little creative because... 
that's not a thing that you're going to actually want to do. Yeah, you're not just building the cannon and convincing someone into it. You also have to build the mountain they're going over and the gravity that pulls them back. Right. Also, uh, Donkey Kong is not a human shape uh, from the games. He, you know, that that his kind of po- posture, the the hunched over Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie yeah. kind of posture with the knuckles dragging. That's not what we get here because we motion captured a human being standing upright. Yeah, um, so uh, un- there's limitations inherent in this. Unfortunately, technology has not come far enough where we can have a real live Donkey Kong. <laughs> if only one day, Zane. <laughs> one day. One day. But I, I guess to wrap up, motion capture is a necessary step to getting to kind of a more dynamic uh, kind of animation style. Mm-hmm. But this was sort of a dead end technology um in 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 terms of actually well maybe not dead end but like it it's very much an appendix now like no one uses motion capture anymore what do you make of the choice to use it in this um you know it's i don't i don't really know what to make of it it's it wasn't following a formula this was one of the first things that did motion capture Mm -hmm. um but um I, I don't I don't really know what to make of it. I'm trying to think of it in terms of relation to things like Mario or Kirby or other cartoons that we've seen. And they're very they're very different beasts, right? Um I don't know how this I don't know I don't know what this looks like if it's done with traditional animation style. I, I think it really does come out of the fact that the Donkey Kong Country games, you know, had this look to them. Um, I think it would have been jarring to see them drawn in like a 2D animation style. Like when I think about it, I'm like, what would Donkey Kong look like in the Fairly Odd Parents? It, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that might just be because we're used to one version of it. I don't think this works particularly well. Maybe because of the limitations inherent in motion capture. Maybe also because some of the 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 the, the plot necessities and like the uh, the voice acting, especially, did mm-hmm. not go great over for me but um we can get into all all of that later we should probably talk about donkey kong well i want to mention a couple other uh production aspects yeah please go ahead so um this came out before donkey kong 64 which i was a little surprised by because they actually took aspects of the show for that game like the crystal coconut cranky as a scientist that sort of thing mm-hmm. but simultaneous to this show there was another production uh, called La Planeta de Donkey Kong, or DKTV for France 2, uh, the, the channel. And that's a live-action variety show where the CGI models are plastered on top of, you know, the, the, the actors doing the Donkey Kong thing. Oh, is this the clip that you sent me? I sent you a clip uh, where I, I jumped <laughs> to the middle of it, and it's like 15 seconds where, like, Donkey Kong in front of a mirror, fog cut, bunch of figures, including, like, live-action and, like, other forms of animation cut to walking up to funky kong just decking him this this sort of reminds me like both the regular animation style and also the clip that you sent me made me think very strongly of uh both reboot mm-hmm. just because of the you know the weird nature of the animation but i also the beverly hillbillies song from uhf oh <laughs> where, yeah, yeah like he has that like dreamscape that is all like creepily animated <laughs> that, that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking of when i watched that yeah and it's a variety show so like imagine they used the 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 uhf uh, uh music video animation to make kablam the the term in fever dream is not sufficient <laughs> like it's people should see this go to our show notes and like look up this variety show thing because it 
it it reads as an in joke from another country from another time in a different language. Like there's and, clearly culture behind this, but I don't have any way to connect to it. And I'm going to make this point about the show itself as well as that, which is there's I liked this a surprising amount. Oh, and it's you not are strange. It's not because it's good. It's because it's the best it could possibly be. Like they did everything that you, if they were like, hey, we have to make a Donkey Kong Country TV show, they made all the decisions they were supposed to, and this is just the maximum it could be. I'm not convinced that they succeeded on a polish metric. I think no. there's a lot of different things they could have done to pretty this up that they didn't, and that makes it look even more uncanny valley. You, it's not the worst the, it could be. You've used the term, like, it's excellent on a metric other than quality. And that's, that's uh. kind of how I feel about it. I, I think I'm appreciating it more as like this weird little uh, blip in the animation, um, the, the the progression of animation throughout the ages. But I I don't appreciate it on its own merits. But we can we can get back into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we Donkey do have Kong. to talk about Donkey Kong. This was an interesting adaptation. You know, uh, classic car- uh, video game character from the '80s and then then the '90s, and he's never really had much characterization other than. It's the gorilla. He's probably pretty dumb. He's very strong, and he wears a tie. That tie is so much personality. It's doing a lot of work. <laughs> it does. It's the only identification we get for him, really. Like he's just uh, he's strong, dumb. Uh, in in most iterations, has a deep voice. Not in this one. In this one, he's Greg Sipes somehow. Yeah, the voice but, is not quite to where it should be. Uh, no, but the personality. I, I, I think they got personality maybe i don't know they're talking about dk's personality is because like this is to to talk about the history of donkey kong games these are you know basic uh snes platformers you may remember a certain jump man fighting a donkey kong (laughs) way back when um but he um he got his own kind of uh he, he went into his own set of games that are just platformers in some vague forest region you eventually go to caves you eventually go to you know just you go through all of the video game uh biomes fighting different monsters doing a bunch of platforming challenges i generally have pretty strong and positive associations with donkey kong mm-hmm. i think i like the way that it looks a whole lot it's it's just the atmosphere the the setting and the sound really contribute they do. Um, the, the the rare animation didn't really stand out to me at the time, but like the way that Donkey Kong looks more real than the general surrounding environment is pretty interesting. You know, it's a far fry from a far fry. It's a far fry from the like, the Kirby games where everything looks kind of the same level of Hello Kitty toy. Yeah, it belongs there. Um, right. Um, it's also got this weird focus on uncute animals that I really dig. <laughs> yeah, this like all gross. of Donkey Kong's villains are like vultures and bees and crocodiles. <laughs> like these are not like animals that are cute, which is appropriate for the animation style. They're not really trying to do cute. Yeah, it's they're trying to do like bestial, harsh jungle. Um, these are not Mario shapes. No, no, it it's cool. It's and it's like crude and cool. Like like he's the Rodney yeah. Dangerfield of gaming. I, I kind of thought it was maybe a, a Nintendon't angle, like kind a of the Sonic bit. deal. Because think about the intro to the first Donkey Kong Country, where Cranky is playing a gramophone, and DK comes in and just tosses a boombox and jams. Like, that's all we know about him. It's, but it's so much lot. Sonic energy. <laughs> it's so much like Sonic versus Mario. Sonic, uh, 
Sega does what Nintendon't kind of energy to it. Yeah, but Sonic is much more of the like edgy tryhard. Like he he's like a cool kid in the city, and Donkey Kong's like a cool kid in like on the beach. Yes, this is very like there's so many beach vibes to Donkey Kong, which is very strange. <laughs> but uh, I guess so, it yeah. kind of goes along with the fact that he lives on an island. So yeah, I, th- I think they got it in terms of like his personification. He's dopey. He's very simply motivated by food and sex. Um, and what, what did you? What is what is your uh, you know familiarity affiliation? What are your memories? Strong memories of Donkey Kong at the moment. I always enjoyed the games. Um, the like the thing about the Donkey Kong Country games is like they're they're surprisingly difficult in a lot of ways. Like uh, I tried Tropical Freeze uh, a couple years ago. Um, I think that that was one of the ones that is, like, kind of a, a, a Nintendo hard throwback. Yeah, well, it was really good. Like, it was really polished and well done and, like, interesting. Uh, and they did a lot of, like, surprisingly world building. But it was also, like, it looks really cute. Like, it was like they turned Dark Souls into, like, this cute, um, <laughs> you know, Donkey Kong game. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah. that that brings to mind something kind of interesting about the game, the, the design philosophy behind Donkey Kong is you get one hit, and then your partner comes in, and then they get one hit, and that's it. There's no life bar, you know, you, you I mean, like, it's sort of like a Mario where you lose your power up, mm-hmm. and you get maybe a in, couple of invincibility frames, but, like, there's no life bar. Like, these are, these games are designed to reward mastery in a way that... You know, something like a, a Sonic, you can get hit as many times as you want. In a Kirby, you, you have a number of hits before you go down. You, you it's, get a, it's you, different. You get a King of the Jungle vibe, uh, both in terms of, like, he's the king. He's big. He can take out anything. But it's the jungle, baby. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wreck you, if you, <laughs> that, that, if you lower your guard for a second. Yeah, but I, what I really loved about that is that, you know, all of the enemies really telegraph their attacks. You weren't going to get bullet hell of any sort. Like, if a vulture is swooping down on you, he you see him, you know, that that pre-rendered th- kind of 3D-ish image, um, and he kind of flaps a little bit, like, rears back. He's got a very specific ca- uh, sound cue before he dives. These are games that are designed to teach you how to play them and reward you when you've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, classic uh, methodology. Yeah, it's great. DK sixty four was like kind of a weirder iteration where it sort of got into like the uh, the collectathon angle more than I think it really benefited from. It, yeah, um, it and then I didn't time. keep up with the games after that. Yeah, but yeah, overall, you know, he's had a in a long illustrious career. It's the sort of thing you don't think of where like oh all these big Nintendo franchises, you know, Metroid and Zelda, and you're like Donkey Kong's one of the highest selling. They just don't do a lot with it like they're not changing up all the formula very much i i think that maybe part of it is that there's not much that can be done with him yeah um he is he is a pretty like he's not a he's not one for plot there's no story to donkey kong um and in fact i i was actually struggling to figure out what the story of this show was or any of the games that i it's not their story it's attitude it's it's, it's attitude and adventure and it's it's the journey, but you know, I don't know. I, I guess you could update. Like it's not as though Mario has much of a story either. Yeah, uh, you well, just kind of make a new one. Yeah, and they they did copy a lot of the like adversarial nature of Mario and Bowser to the DK and K rule uh, uh, 
aspect here because like in the games k rules his own thing we'll deal with him later but in terms of like dk as this like dopey strong hero and k rule is like this villainous sadistic like weirdly creative artsy type um Uh, also like very strangely like militaristic like this feels like a commentary and like genteel militaristic uh like he's he's putting on rules of engagement sort of like king ddd he's he's regularly yeah no he he there, there's no sarin gas here. He he doesn't you know he doesn't have to be uh, court martialed at the Hague or anything. Like yeah. this is uh, this he's he's you know he's running a tight ship there. So so I think the function of the show and the story is provide enough evidence where we sympathize with Donkey Kong and want him to win, even though like he doesn't actually have very many redeeming qualities. Well, I don't like him much. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't do much for me. I really liked K. Rule, but that's mostly because the villain. In like that, in the same way that I like Bowser more than Mario, it's just yeah, that says it's, more about you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's because it's not just nothing. It's more oh, than yeah. nothing. And even if that's negative, it's it's something I can sink my teeth into. Let's talk about the plot of this show. Yeah, um, which so, revolves around this MacGuffin. Yeah, there's a crystal coconut that uh, Cranky holds onto, and it tells who the future ruler of Congo Bongo is. Not the current ruler. No ruler right now. Just kind of chilling. We're vibing. But in the future, Donkey Kong is going to be the ruler. They're not, like, training him or anything. It's just, like, this is our weird monarchy. <laughs> I don't know why the Crystal Coconut is a plot necessity. Why is it not just what we've had in all the games where K. Rule is, you know, trying to take over, uh, take over, uh, you know, whatever Donkey Kong Island or whatever. I guess Congo Bongo in this instance. It's always some some version of a place where... Um, where Donkey Kong is is top top gorilla, but like, there's is there a reason to have a MacGuffin as opposed to just having a series of like plans that uh, Donkey Kong thwarts? Because this way, the problem can be solved by him showing up and punching something, whereas the other one requires like a military intervention. Like we're we're in the Smurfs or like um, Tom and Jerry side of things. We're not in the Sonic Satam like. We have to overthrow the government type thing. Uh, I'll get back into later why I think maybe it should have been a little bit more Saddam because all the assets kind of lend itself to a to a tonal uh, through line that they didn't follow up on. Um, but I, I do think that you're, I do think you're right in that. Um, y- you know, it, it can't be a military thing, and, and the fact that they there's a MacGuffin as opposed to just like we need to take over this place, I guess, means that they can do more sabotage and like stealth ops. Which is much more of a good villain thing if your hero is just big punching boy. And you can also have stories where they just lose the coconut for some reason or another. Yeah, it doesn't necessitate uh, K. Rule, the the main villain, being the uh, being the motivator every time. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more free reign to to make your plots. I still don't like it. I know. It's I'm fine. Not, uh, it's, it's not crazy about it. <laughs> I guess it's just like it's so much like uh, it's so super official MacGuffin. It doesn't actually do anything. It could be anything. Um and it could you could say it does anything. Um it's just it's just this weird capture the flag routine. It's it's un- yeah, it's unobtainable. We don't know why we want the flag. <laughs> it's it's like really really hard to get motivation behind something that is this uh it, it's this opaquely defined. Ben, when you're watching a football game, it's not about like 
what does the football do? Is the football magical? Why do they want it in their home zone? I don't understand. It's this is our team. That's their well, team. Yeah, but we if one need... side was gorillas and the other side was crocodiles, I'd want to know more. <laughs> you know, oh, please tell me. There's giant bees. You say? <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to know what, what set the giant bees. If, if it's just like kind of faceless, um, you know, if it's just football teams, like it's already pretty abstract. Yeah, it's right? just an instigator. But this is not abstract. They're on an island wherein half of them are gorillas and the other half are crocodiles, and they're at eternal war with each other. And also, Funky Kong exists. Like, there's there's more here. And I think we deserve a less abstract MacGuffin. That's that's my argument. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. I don't need a civil war in my, you know, 90s kid show. That might just be where we diverge. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but some episodes don't have the crystal coconut. It's just DK wants to get with Candy, even though she I already only loves saw him. Crystal, I only saw crystal coconut episodes. Just be yourself, dude. Um, yeah, it's a '90s. It's bad uh, formula for 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 romance. Also, yeah. uh, you know our our uh, our reoccurring frustration with these animals are way too much shaped like human ladies. <laughs> Just the one. Everybody else is doing the like ape thing, or no, the no, very they're least, all standing like... upright because of motion capture. Yeah, but they're still like not human in the way that we'd like a human to be human or the way that we'd like an ape lady to be human like there's there's a there's a divide i, guess, I mean i guess they're not all sports sporting massive erections if that's what you mean uh, i that's i mean that's close to my point <laughs> we'll just leave that there just leave that hanging <laughs> uh do you want to talk about how dk is portrayed in this um like i said i think they kind of nailed it he's like this lazy layabout who has responsibilities but just doesn't kind of feel like dealing with them i almost would have preferred like a little bit closer to the kirby sort of strong silent type where he kind of grunts his frustrations and emotes more as opposed to having this kind of surfer jive affect yeah traditionally this is a bestial-ish character i i like him in this way i think like the dopey tries to get along you know like canonically he has a tv in his jungle treehouse like i i like his lazy kind of brute uh, affect. I just wanted him to talk less. He, he did great, but when he's talking, it means Diddy's not talking. Um, I, yeah, I, you can't just have King K. Rule, Cranky, and Funky do like and Bluster do like a four-way communique. No, but like, there's enough other characters that they're interacting with on the regular. He could have just talked less, and I would have been okay. You need um, him to, voice acted you need by him Richard. To express that he's sad. He's, he's voice acted by Richard Yearwood, and that is a pretty... I, I thought Greg Sipes immediately, because I was getting some real teenage surfer, Beast Boy kind of vibes, which no. I was expecting from Diddy, and he was that was not what Diddy was. Yeah. The, it's not that surfery, like Donkey Kong's voice. It's, it's more just like, uh, you know, hapless guy trying to be cool. Hmm. I got, I got more surfer from it than uh than i think you did but mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not agree to... that diddy's was the problem uh diddy is voiced by andrew sabiston and uh he was yoshi from uh the uh super mario world and super mario brothers 3 tv shows yeah and that was always a problem he's like a, a combination peter puppy from earthworm jim and scrappy Doo. yeah god he's just he's just a real rough thing I mean, we, we kind of always have the sidekick, the the wisecracking, uh, a little bit too high energy kind of peppy sidekick thing. Having it in Donkey Kong does not make it better. He doesn't contribute. 
to to anything like the plot or like the machinations he he's just, just takes up he's time. just there to talk he's just there as uh as environment and he does that really. awful laugh he's not good uh this is not a good character and mm-hmm. for some reason his squat model looks like a melted wax sculpture uh-huh and i, I couldn't get over it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he, i don't know what they motion caps among the worst what um, what did they motion cap for this because it couldn't have been like a person <laughs> Uh, but he does give Donkey Kong, like, somebody to talk to and, like, gives us a little bit of, like, hey, when Donkey Kong's not doing the plot, what are they, you know, what is he like? And they and they chat and we get a little bit more characterization there. Yeah, it's, like, it, functionally he's fine. Like, I don't have a problem functionally with Scrappy-Doo. It's just the way he comes across is annoying. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I think that, like, as, you know, his, as, um, as, as DK's option, as his ad... Uh, I don't, you know, he's fine. We definitely need someone other than DK to just, like, roll into town and, and punch stuff. We need somebody as kind of a sidekick. I don't think that that's a problem. It's just the articulation. And that's when I start getting back into, okay, this, the, the plot construction, the overall story that they're telling me, all the pieces are okay. They just needed to be better pieces, mm-hmm. I guess. And sure, this is yeah, one of the like, big ones. Yeah, like... We'll see the flaw in the plan a mile away, but we still have several minutes to get there. Um, or, you know, a, a, a roadblock will come up, and yes, they could obviously surmount this, but we need to fill the runtime. Yeah, he, he felt like a big old, like, we need dialogue from somebody. Donkey Kong wouldn't say this. Let's give it to Diddy. Mm-hmm. Kind of. He's, he's a dialogue sink. They have a weird, um, the, the, the two of them together have this weird thing that popped up a couple times. I don't know if you saw it, where... Apparently, they watch a bunch of old movies, like like sci-fi B-movies or monster movies. Oh, like Angry Beavers? We never see them. Yeah, they they just talk about them after the fact. So they're like, yeah, but like, I think the big ape could definitely take down the giant, you know, Godzilla monster. Like, they're, it's just a really weird facet of their personalities. Maybe, I mean, like, this is kind of a stretch, but like the Donkey Kong, I don't know where Donkey came from. Kong clearly referenced to King Kong. Legally, Maybe- No. But yes, I mean clearly it is though. Um, <laughs> yes, but obviously this is the king of the Kongs. Yes. Um. So maybe it's just like a, a recollection. Maybe it's just like a, a oblique reference, like a wink and a nod to the the origins there. Yeah, that's the be. best I can do, man. I, I think that I think that makes sense. I think they were just like hurting for dialogue. I think that that's better than most things that they say during an episode because it's like some level of personality and some interaction that they have that is more than where the bananas at. Oh man, I just want Candy to like me. What should I do? <laughs> well, you know what you should do is you just gotta you just gotta be yourself. Yeah, that's um. I could only watch like an episode and a half, and it wasn't contiguous. <laughs> like I. I I kept on skipping between things because I'm like, I got to get back to K. Rule. This is the only <laughs> saving grace of this show. Can we talk about K. Rule? Yeah, we can talk about it. Uh, they pronounce just, it Karul. Which is fine. Yeah, I think uh, that's I don't the right approach. A, yeah, it's fine. I don't find that. Uh, I mean, like, that's that's the joke, right? What, that um, he's cruel? That he's cruel, but. Well, um, well, imagine them constantly saying King Cruel or King K. Rule. Like, neither of those actually work. I think it's fine. Like, I would have been fine with K. Rule as well, but that's just because I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. This is voiced by Benedict Campbell. Oh, I don't so know close. what I was expecting, but it wasn't British romantic rival. You know, he's he's been portrayed a number of ways throughout the, you know, the games. Uh, was there, he ever this foppish? I don't think he was ever this foppish. I think he, like, switched, like, he, he kept playing dress-up in the first few games. 
and then like he was just this crazy sadist and then now he's much more of like a bestial sort um i this, like his performance this is the i right like way. this karul yeah this is what you do yeah he's he's lord farquad i like I, I don't know what this affect is that uh campbell puts into it but um he's like he's like a more flamboyant vincent van gool the way he talks mm-hmm Easy now, let's not get too excited, jump to conclusions, mm. And because they're mo-capping it, he's shimmying his hips so hard while he's talking. Oh yeah, when, when you get a clear shot of his backside and you see that little dumb butt that they had to put in because otherwise they're like, where's the butt? But you're just looking at a butt. There's so much hip action on this dude. Um, yeah, I, I love his, it's so smarmy. His, I, like, I, this I, is yeah, the where they put all the characterization points. <laughs> And he's constantly trying to get the crystal coconut, but like, he's already a king, presumably of all the the reptilian things. What's um, the relationship between him and Donkey Kong here? Like, is he a king like King DDD was, where like just no one wanted to tell him that he couldn't stay at the castle, or maybe. is he like a conqueror? I mean, DK is the ruler of Congo Bongo because he has a crystal coconut, so it's not unreasonable for K. Rule to be like, "Oh, I must be in charge. I have a, a crown and a cape." It, it everyone does seem kind of deferent deferent to him out of either proprietary or or propriety or fear mm-hmm. and i don't know which it is like he just rolls into the uh he just rolls into the factory and he's like oh king karul uh, what do you want like they they don't behave as though he is a foreign power of some sort no he's he's like that uh, annoying neighbor who like comes by without warning and raids your fridge like that's as bad as it gets <laughs> Yeah, he's yes, he's he's a he's a Will Smith house guest. And he's so pretentious the whole time. He's constantly wearing that bow tie. God, I love I love this character so much. One episode, um, the, um, yeah, he and DK run for office to be uh, the ruler of Congo Bongo. Sure, they do. Because Cranky like asked the Tiki God, like, "Can we have an election? Is that like a did, thing?" Did DK put on like an American flag tie with the letters DK on it? DK tried a few things. He basically went around and was like, Hello, sir or madam, my name is Donkey Kong, and I would like to be the future ruler of Congo Bongo. And they were like, "That's Donkey Kong, what What are you doing? <laughs> so that's an amazing, that's an amazingly bad, uh, that, that's, a, that's a weird shot to call for that audience. I don't think that anybody who's watching is going to pick that up. And then he tried, like, like, slandering his opponents during the debate, and he what like, are you talking about? There was a debate. <laughs> there was a debate. What is this? This is Donkey Kong. This is Donkey Kong, and like he made outrageous promises. And King K. Rule, on the other hand, is like acting so nice. He's like he's shaking hands, he's kissing babies, he's telling people what they want to hear. And like they go, Donkey Kong goes to like uh, Candy and Dixie, who, who's around, and he's like, "I would like your vote for ruler of Congo Bongo." And Candy's like. Well, King K. Rule says he's going to make women's rights a main priority of his campaign. What are you offering? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's so, it's Absolutely. So it, it sort of reminds like, and I'm guessing the underlying current of that is that he's lying in order to steal the coconut. But Oh, man. So what happens is oh, DK... Geez, I, uh, strip it down for me, please. Please, DK's, I'm begging you. Don't give me more than 10 seconds. DK knows something's up. He steals the coconut to plant it on King K. Rool. King K. Rool comes back with the coconut, and DK's like, he stole it. And King K. Rool's like, how'd you know? And they're like, yeah, how did you know that? So DK is on the shit list because King K. Rool didn't want to just get it, and he didn't want to just win the election. He wanted to steal it while the ballots were being counted for some reason. <laughs> 
I, he's like, I it will just feel better. I can't follow that at all. <laughs> Imagine them trying to do that in Mario. Like, it's just... That's not really... I don't feel like that's a very Donkey Kong vibe at all. It's not a Donkey Kong Country show. It's a Donkey Kong Country show. Yeah, I guess that's a different. Like this, these are very different. They're the same assets, but they're they're arranged haphazardly with whatever the, it's story as well structure adapted, they had lying around. It's as well and truthfully adapted as any other video game adaptation, really. I don't. I don't. Maybe agree we with should that. rank those. I don't agree with that. I think that uh, the Mega Man is is darn near the top. Like mm-hmm. it's just that's exactly what what you see is what you get there. Um, and even the Kirby one, although it's like I mean, like it's a little plot heavy for a Kirby game, but um, it's it is just a monster of the week, which is more or less what you're getting with the mini bosses. So mm-hmm. yeah, this one you you kept the central conflict, but a lot of the details are are shifted. Yeah, it's it's a lot like it's a weird reality show at times. Like it's a soap opera almost. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's gosh, it's incredibly strange. Yeah, it's really weird to look at. Um, we should talk about some of the other characters as well. Sure. Uh, Cranky is voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. Well, no. I mean, I, like, it's pretty close. I liked his performance. Like, I thought he did the crotchety thing without it being boring or slow. I thought he was terrible. Well. I also thought he didn't have, like, a consistent relationship with uh, Donkey Kong. What I was looking for was the... Back in my day, we had to walk uphill both ways to get to the Crystal Caverns and in order to, like, steal our bananas back. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the the kind of granddad vibe, and I don't know what he is to Donkey Kong here, in this. Here he's just like, piss off, dumbass. Like, I can't... I'm not dealing with you today. He he always kind of treats him as an imposition, but, like, I, I didn't get an... There's a difference between familial imposition and, like, neighbor imposition, and I just didn't know which one it was. It It's a little obscured. Um, he serves the role as, like, plot instigator. He's so like he's, the narrator, I guess. He's a mad scientist, uh, so he's got potions lying around. He's also got, like, a gigantic pipe organ for whatever reason. And, like, if something wild and wacky has to happen, he created the ability to do so. Yeah, he he's, his function is also kind of plot necessity-based. Um, I don't think that he added much... I, I I liked him. I thought that he added a nice like he could get Donkey Kong back on track um pretty well, but he also added that like a little X factor. I don't know, I didn't I didn't mind I whenever he showed up. I guess he's like the big good of there. He's like Gandalf the Grey over there in uh in the in Donkey Kong's hut or whatever. <laughs> you know, like Aragorn's clearly the hero but he needs an advisor, that kind of thing. Yeah, and remember when Gandalf showed up and he was like, Hey, you 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 gonna eat those ticks on your back? <laughs> I could groom for you, I'm just saying. Uh there's Candy, who is like Uh she's she's not great. She's kinda nothing. It's just uh just a lady that we remember from uh from the games. Well there she and was that's it. There she was like a knockout like sex symbol. Here she's like a factory worker who is on again, off again with DK and like if he doesn't do anything, she's like, oh, he's he's so cool. He's going to be king. He's got such strong muscles. And then if he does anything, she blows up at him and want, like uh, storms off. It's it's like Honeymooners or something. Like, this yeah. is a 50s sitcom-style romantic relationship. Yeah, yeah, there's so many like, living. Duh, the guy is dumb, and the, the girl is like, why didn't you get me real flowers? Mm-hmm. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I think the thing that I like Candy in is her interactions with my real favorite character, which is Bluster Kong. <laughs> Bluster is something. <laughs> Where did he come from? I, I don't know. This is something else. Like, this is the... um. The sheriff from Cowboys of Moon, or not the sheriff, but like the the, the mayor of Cowboys of Moon Mesa, like the the authority figure that is clearly bad, but you gotta deal with him anyway. Yeah, he's he's a self interested businessman who's trying to get with Candy, make money, etc. Yep, and he's he's a coward. Whenever Carul shows up, he he cowtows almost immediately. But yeah, just like how Luigi is a coward and therefore has more personality than Mario, Bluster is one of the most well developed characters. Even if he's just like a regular archetype, maybe it's because they had freedom with him because he's uh-huh. he's original to this show. Yeah, yeah, he he's the one who like expresses a dissatisfaction in the plot or like complains, and so they have to set something right. Yeah, it's I, okay. So this is going into kind of the tone of the whole thing, but um, I thought that his position as businessman or mogul of this industrialization aspect mm-hmm. whereas cranky is more of a crackpot lab you know alchemist kind of type that kind of goes along with donkey kong vibes let me let me explain what i mean by that yeah please i think that a consistent thing in donkey kong games is the corruption of the natural world by industry yes like this is a pretty miyazaki kind of uh kind of kind of world building that they do mm-hmm. in dk1 you have um you know some of the later levels one of the one of the bosses is literally an oil drum <laughs> uh the later levels is like rife with pollution and like like really like osha violations left and right kind of uh tracks of of motorized like mechanisms yeah poison um, swamps oil slicks poison swamps there's like a, a a factory zone that is constantly blacking out and on fire um, and but like the so as you go further and further you're seeing more and more byproducts of the k rule in industry corruption kind of angle mm-hmm. in the second game um you know you you find a lot of pollution swamps you find um uh you find like a a a construct uh, like a theme park zone which is awesome but it is like a place in which you it's have abandoned. To... It's post-industrialist. Yes, it, there's. It's it's all got kind of like this half-finished this this industry. Is the, this is the bad future, and we're surviving via piracy. <laughs> so, well, hang on a second. Here we go. So, so is this a um, is this is this in like an alternate dimension wherein like mid-industrial revolution there was some great like. Uh, bang baby like freak industrial accident that turned all the people back into chimpanzees um in the game or in the show in real life in real <laughs> life my friend yeah uh, i def- i refer you to planet of the apes the movie yeah so, yeah, so yes yeah. yes absolutely but um, but it's not because of an accident it's because man knew not what he wrought why doesn't he know what he wrought yet? <laughs> you just can't figure it out. I, I do think <laughs> it's an interesting point because, yes, the like uh, debauchery of nature is a theme in the Donkey Kong games. But here it's not K. Rule. It is bluster. K. Rule is fairly naturalist. Like K. K. Rule also tanks, gets in on that. He's it. got like he's got cannons and stuff. Like he's, he's definitely cannon. technology is the enemy to some degree. But he doesn't have like foundries. Like he's not polluting. I didn't see any like pollution stuff. I saw. He's building weapons, 
But he, he's the military arm of the military industrial complex that is being shared with Bluster. But, but they're, they're still major playing, weapons. It, it's a revolving door between Bluster's factory and Karul's army. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Clump is going to retire to be a foreman in Bluster's factory. No questions about it. Yeah, yeah. He's even um, got the hard hat. Exactly. He's he's all he's all ready to go. He's gonna gonna get that pension. Pretty yep. lickety split. Um, I, I think that they are kind of two sides of the same coin in like kind of the military industrial uh, industrialization um, that is encroaching upon the natural world which we are supposed to love but are given no evidence to love in this show yeah that's the idea you always feel the best when you're like watching funky or like dk's wandering around and like these beautiful quote-unquote beautiful because remember how this looks but it's a nice natural thing compared to when you're in the factory and all you see is Candy in her little box on the assembly line and Bluster creeping up behind her breathing too loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's also, like, recognize the level of technology that we're dealing with. Because, okay, technology in Donkey Kong is a beautiful thing. <laughs> like the It's whole like sense island, of scale. It's whatever you need. It's, it's the whole island is made out of this kids next door two by four technology. Or like a rector set kind of stuff. Like nothing really everything's kind of unfinished and works only to the degree to which it needs to like think about any of the minecart levels you're constantly jumping off minecart tracks into other unfinished minecart tracks yeah um you're you're bouncing between like you're you're getting shot out of exploding barrels yeah could Um, this technology conceivably be barrel shaped if the answer is yes it's in here it's in here but but like that's that's all the good guy technology all the bad guy technology is like cannons or like warships, yeah, actual or like technology, <laughs> right? Not well, like a rocket barrel. That's that's a really good plot conceit because the main bad guy always has to be tech superior to feed that underdog story. Sure, and and that's why they have to use the crystal coconut because it has magic powers that does whatever. Right. Um, so I, I do think that they there is a lot here to do a more kind of dangers of industrialization sort of thing and it just feels like window dressing and that's uh i feel like it's a missed opportunity yeah the the plot never advances here i don't necessarily think it should but if you were to do like a modern reboot that's that's totally the angle you would take it's it'd be so easy this is why i thought that it should be like sonic satam where Mm -hmm. the um the conceit from the games where sonic is going through these places turning these robots back into animals like totally can happen um, but in the game setting, or in the show setting, uh, Dr. Robotnik is like this invading force upon nature. That works so well in tandem with where the games start. Yeah. And the games have all of this ready to go, and it's just not really used that well. And you could even do like a little bit of the nuance. Like, okay, Bluster's doing this technology thing, and he's, he, you know, as far as I know, he's selling to both sides, and Candy doesn't like it, but she needs a job. Like, mm-hmm. you, could, you could get into it. Like, yes, in his heart of hearts, he believes that the barrelification process for, you know, the hydroelectric plant is going to be better in the long term. But he's got his money in he's got his money in big pollution. So so he has to on the face of it say that, like, oh, no, the barrelification is actually worse for the environment. We actually want all this smog. Trust me. (laughs) 
There's been so many different reports. Listen, I try. I, I there, the scientific consensus is out. We, we haven't decided whether or not this is, so, this so is good or oh, bad. The scientists say this, but look at the scientist. It's Cranky Kong. Like, it's, it's always Cranky Kong. Why does Cranky Kong put out 98 papers saying that climate change exists, and then two saying that it doesn't? It's so confusing. <laughs> cranky Kong does all of the. <laughs> yes. Well, he's the only scientist. He was having an off day. You see. Uh, that's got to be it. He was pissy and wanted to be contrarian. Uh, I do. <laughs> I, I want to say that um, the look of bluster I really appreciated because it's his fucking hair. Oh, does he not look like they like turned Raúl Julia into an ape? Like who? Uh, like uh, the guy who plays uh, Gomez Adams. Oh my goodness! Like the dumb mustache, the hair, but an ape. And here's the best part: DK wears a tie. Fine hilarious you can put a tie on an ape classic comedy ronald reagan it's very Bl- easy <laughs> bluster is wearing cufflinks but nothing else on his forearms and on his legs as well that's perfect that's so good yeah that just the cufflinks is amazing i actually missed that and i'm looking at it now oh man his facial expressions too <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing with this is everyone's got those long ape faces, which I think must have been some weird post-processing that they needed to do on top of the motion capture because people faces do not look this way. There must have been error propagation during the mocap because, like, their faces will contort in ways that don't make sense. And I think it has to be, like, the actor was saying the lines and, like, sneezed in the middle or something. Like, (laughs) oh, like... Funky Kong will say something and he'll be like chill and happy and whatever. And then his eyes will turn into a grimace and then like hatred and then back to normal. And it's super quick, but it's very noticeable. The the facial expressions are the biggest reminder I had that this is like a reboot era, uh, you know, uh, watershed moment in, in terms of the animation is kind of uh, kind of trying to exceed its grasp. Let, let's talk about reboot, because for all of its faults, <laughs> sure. reboot did this better agreed but not because of the animation like the animation wasn't significantly better than in this it's less cringy certainly but i think that reboot is just better because it's got a better story yeah it's definitely doing a lot more with what it has i think one of the things that um you know worked well for reboot that detracts here is in reboot Everything looked like a dumbass, like, basic 3D polygon model of the real world, because that's what it was. Here, Mm -hmm. you're trying to tell me that these are trees, but they look like the trees in Donkey Kong 64, which don't look like trees. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you you get a little bit of the mileage because, yeah, a barrel is a cylinder, and that that works. Well, let me me tell you, I think, what the big problem here is. You know, we talked about there is, like, a version of Uncanny Valley— to this that is difficult to ignore maybe it's not easy to quantify but it's hard to ignore yeah reboot didn't have that because we didn't have anything to really compare it to like unless you had seen the matrix or something but even that was just you know live action so yeah one of the villains had like a theater mask face and that was fine because that's what it was reboot didn't look like anything uh, and it didn't look close to anything (laughs) so it, it it could have been creepy looking without being uncanny valley and this just doesn't have that capacity Mm -hmm. um it is too familiar to shapes that i am more comfortable with which is constantly inviting a comparison to shapes that i'm more comfortable with yeah yeah absolutely Um, i I think that's the big problem in this that wasn't present in reboot and that's just a that's just an aspect of 
um, that that's not anything in the construction. That's just the the context of putting it out. If there's nothing to compare it to, it's less unnerving. Mm-hmm. I, also I also think that it had better, you know, plot and story and yeah, world. It, well, but. it was it was it was better. I think although <laughs> yes, just I a better say, show. I think I like watching this more. Uh, maybe that's recency bias. Mm. The, the other thing about reboot that worked is you know it was it had a lot of sleek designs uh, in terms of like. I'm just thinking about how arms and legs attach to the torso, right? Sleek, if they move, it, you know, they're, the, the arm moves, the rest of the body doesn't have to. Here, because, like, arms and legs have hair on them and the hair extends past it, you can always see the joint and it's always very noticeable. It, it is, and that could be a strength, and it simply isn't here for... <laughs> I, I like the aspects of the motion capture that work for it but i think just overall it's in a mold that doesn't really support it like this maybe should have just been a tech demo or maybe just like i just don't see it it doesn't really there's there's some aspects of it that really benefit from the donkey kong license and others that just deeply do not what parts did you find were hurt by the donkey kong license um i i guess just like the 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 characters themselves just do mm-hmm. not feel like the Donkey Kong characters. Um, they they kind of don't feel like any... I don't know if Donkey Kong would have been an acceptable character by a different moniker. Would another... You know, would any other Kong smell as ripe? I, I actually thought that in terms of the characterization, these were very good, um, like, reasonable adaptations of the video game works. More so than, like, maybe not Sonic, but uh, but but certainly others, like Mario, for example. Well, so Sonic was obnoxious, but he was definitely the correct character in that show. Mm-hmm. Like, he, I, was, he was just Bart Simpson, but that's what he is in the games. Right. That always fits. Well, I, I think that this is this is canonically similar enough to Donkey Kong that it didn't jar me. I think it's just the, um... I think it's, I think it's just that I didn't... Maybe it's just that I didn't like the characters. I do think that the... That's fair. You know, uh, the thing is, it does follow the gameplay pretty well. It's got exploding barrels... It's got DK jumping on Kremlings. They go into minecarts. It always got that sort of relaxed, we're Mario on vacation energy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the thing is just the gameplay itself is pretty inane. Like jumping on crocodiles, how much TV can you really get out of that? And I guess that's why they needed to do the crystal coconut thing, which I think is kind of a weak MacGuffin. Um, in Son- Sonic was so easier. Yeah, with Mario, at least you had these magical worlds. Mario was freer. Maybe because it wasn't limited by mocap. Um, and Sonic was a better story. Maybe I think the mocap being a limitation on what they can do maybe hurt it more for me than it did for you. Because mm-hmm. like all the action scenes look cool in the context of, oh, this looks like a real person fighting. But also looks terrible in that, oh, this just looks like a regular ass person fighting. Like this is Well, there's shapes image- moving around. Their shape's moving, yeah. I can get that anywhere. You know, um, it. I don't know. It's it, it's difficult because, yes, you can have a quote-unquote realistic-ish fight scene or action scene or whatever, but the world around it uh, does not allow that to, to work in a way that is compelling. Yeah, I guess not. Like, it would just... I don't know what kind of, like, story format would work for this. I don't feel like it's Crystal Coconut. Let's look. Let's look through some of the other video game adaptations and see if we can get there. 
Mega Man X Monster of the Week. That's pretty simple. Uh, Super, Mario Super Show or Mario World 3 or whatever, those are all, you know, kind of a rescue the X mission each time, which goes along with Mario's heroic personality and the general theme of the show, mm-hmm. or the general the, the general theme of the games. In Kirby, it was sort of a long-form training arc thing, which also works along with the, the whole uh, Kirby's personality from game to game. What... Did this need to be that it wasn't in order to kind of get around the the idea that, like, it just doesn't feel like... I don't believe in Donkey Kong being a protector of an item. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, agency it's a siege. there. There's no responsibility. There's no struggle. The, 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 the games all work on the premise of we have to go after Karul because he kidnapped someone or because he's a threat like even in the first game it's not clear why we're doing anything oh, he stole the bananas oh you're right he stole him the bananas i think it fundamentally shifts the dynamic of the show to have it start out with dk as a protector of an item this is a siege we're yeah. going to protect it every single time as opposed to it being we have to go quest for a thing the, the but i don't plot... think i like that either i i almost feel yeah. like this would have been better as like a um just, just a chill hangout kind of yeah actually yeah like just a beach episode i think Uh, think they do that often enough there is just always the k rule thing in the background like you'd have to shorten the runtime or split it up in some way but i think that it could have benefited from like kind of a three episode yeah a a three episode kind of like a garfield and friends like three episodes in a show yeah and they're all pretty short but they're sweet slapstick Um, one in the middle yeah, because as it stands, yeah. the entire plot of an episode is just what Rube Goldberg device can we set up to end up with Donkey Kong and the Crystal Coconut versus K. Rule, a punch is thrown, and then the end. And I, I just don't like it. Uh, I don't think that's enough. It doesn't give Donkey Kong enough room to play. We spend a lot of time on things that aren't Donkey Kong, and he didn't have kind of star power to begin with. Mm-hmm. But Cranky and Candy Kong certainly do not, you know, have star power. I can't watch them for that long. Right. Yeah, I I think it would have been better as, like, kind of a beach episode hangout sort of thing. Let me give an example of, like, an episode that tried to do this and then had to go the other way. So Sure. um, They they want to put together a time capsule and put it on the moon. So um, they are all trying to figure out, like, DK is trying to figure out, like, what should I contribute to the time capsule? And he's like... Yo, put in this banana. I love bananas. And, Makes sense to me. And Bluster's like, you idiot. It's time capsule. The banana will go bad. It's it's going to not, like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man. And, like, the episode goes like that for a while. But here's the turn. Eventually, DK's like, you know what means a lot to me? The crystal coconut. I'm going to put that in there. And, like... They tr- King K. Rool tries to grab it. There's a whole rocket ship montage thing. There's a there's a fight scene in that thing. Those two shows don't need to be together. No, they can't be. They shouldn't be together. That's that's inane. The the the, the contrivance of those working together only works because one, King K. Rool will have whatever motivation that day you need him to to do what he has to do, and two, Donkey Kong is is too dumb not to fuck something up. I. Part of this, part of me makes, this this is kind of making me wonder if the, what the correct uh, relationship between Donkey Kong and Karul should be. Because, like, that is not an antagonism in the same way that Mario and Bowser have. Yeah, these guys are barely in the same show. 
So, like, I'm trying to think back to, like, iterations of Karul that I'm aware of. It's, I always kind of saw them as sort of, like, the monarch and Dr. Venture in that, like, Karul seems to think that they're mortal enemies and Donkey Kong barely acknowledges his existence. <laughs> well, yeah, the amount of time spent with each other is, is fairly small comparatively. I, I think that that is what I would rather their relationship be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's 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 just not even we don't even get that i don't know i i just using this crystal coconut football to kind it's, of move the plot it's around un- it under motivates yeah it, it doesn't let the characters interact with each other in a substantive way i yeah, guess they have, they have to interact with the coconut right that's the biggest problem adds know? the friction i i want to i would love to have karul get you know his military kind of ambitions on the screen in a way that the show could support i don't know what that looks like i'll be honest like i would have to think about it a lot more in order to make this work in my brain i mean in theory i just know that it doesn't work here big army scene is the kind of thing that cgi is supposed to be really good for right because you can have a whole battalion and they're all marching in sync like that works we sort of get the the ralph bakshi treatment with um with rotoscoping wherein we just see kind of bare bits of a big battle but we see it from a bunch of different angles and it gives the sense the sense of scale that you'd want for a, i don't think there's a big battle show though like it donkey yeah, Kong doesn't you, work with big got, battles you've got a, you've got a, your king and your general and your admiral and like your major not not a lot of foot soldiers here sometimes there's these like um clap traps that act as like big termites yeah um, <laughs> and that's confusing as well <laughs> it it is um but, like, I'm trying to think of the... I think it's just, like, every time I think of the conflict between Karul and Donkey Kong, it's it's too big for Donkey Kong's frame to fill. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't belong in a war setting. He doesn't belong in a Sonic Sadam. He's too goofy. He's too low energy for that kind of... There, There's no drama to him. Yeah. I think it needs to be something much, much casualer, more casual than that. Yeah, if you're going to have them fight, it should be like they do in Donkey Kong 64, where, like, King K. Rule has a big plan, but he's not a good boss, and he doesn't know how to manage things, so things keep messing up. Giving DK the time to, like, DK's not figuring stuff out, he's just wandering around solving mini-puzzles, and then, like, the ancients that designed this island shaped like his head have pr- provided countermeasures. Like, that's what's going on there. I'm almost kind of seeing it as Karul definitely instigates things in the plot, and Donkey Kong is oblivious to them every time. Oh, like, yeah. What, like, if, like a... what if Gargamel made a problem in Smurfville, the Smurfs dealt with the problem, but in a way that didn't like require them to acknowledge what the, the real threat was? Yeah, like, like a slapstick Mr. Magoo, like Donkey Kong shows yeah, up in places exactly and does like stuff like a Mr. and Magoo. foils them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually pretty close to what I'm thinking of. I don't mind that. I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. I, I'm not really sure. All I know is that what is on the page doesn't particularly work for me. Sure. I think, uh, yeah, Plot MacGuffin, War Setting, neither, none of these really feel like Donkey Kong. The one thing that does is the fact that, like, both hero and villain are, are kind of dumb. Um, I think that works enough to give them characterization. You don't but have cool like, is a cultured gentleman, Zane. He's also very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least surrounded by enough dumb people and, like, vague enough with what he wants to accomplish. I suppose so. You mentioned Claptraps a second ago, eating something. Do you mind if we go into animation? Because I got a few notes that I want to point out. Oh, please. So, uh, I don't know why they did this, but when Claptraps eats something or Karul shoots something, 
there's just like these particle effects, like these sword art online mm-hmm. particle effects to communicate <laughs> like molecular disintegration via termite. Yes. Um, and I can't fathom that. Why didn't they just show a gun blast or a claptrap? I guess maybe violence. You wanted to get the, around the violence thing. Gun blast you can't do. And the claptrap thing, it's actually easier to just have the particle effects than to animate the claptrap chowing down oh right because it's mocap jesus i forgot because the clap traps i i think in that episode like they shrank down like they were super tiny ones so they were like just termites you could do the particle thing (laughs) just hire frank welker to run around on his hands and knees chomping because it doesn't matter what the plot is at the end of the day it has to fit into the constraints of the animation capabilities yep 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 uh so that actually does make sense and i i liked the way it's the way it looked it, it looked like a kind of personality flourish that this show has that mm-hmm. most others don't um so it's neat to kind of tie that back to oh they were just playing in the limitations of mocap yeah as for why king k rule didn't just shoot donkey kong in the first episode and then like it's the king k rule show i i have no idea I think of him like kind of like a white court vampire from Dresden Files, where like if you have to use force, you've already lost. Like it's all about the cat and mouse. It's all about the art of the fight. It's fencing. But he wouldn't. Even, he wouldn't even put it in those terms. He just like that's the de facto way it ends up. He's never questioned the way of the order of the world. Uh huh. He's just assumed that he has to best Donkey Kong intellectually and not you know physically. <laughs> Like, it's sort of like Skeletor and, and He-Man, where, like, Skeletor could probably take out He-Man anytime they wanted, but he always has to do it through these weird plans. Yeah, oh, I have to get the crystal coconut so I can be the rightful ruler. As opposed to taking over the island. Like, why? Yeah, like, because the coconut has magic powers that sometime activate? I don't know. Do they ever activate on, on camera? <sighs> I didn't I, see it. I, th- I think more often it's, like, Cranky does potion stuff. I would love it if, in the finale... They just revealed that the crystal coconut was just, like, something that Cranky made up. He definitely used it to astral project once. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so so there's a couple other animation beats that I want to mo- mention. The the one that I mentioned before, one side benefit to mocap is that we can see DK's booty flex as he jumps around. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was kind of, like, amazed by how much detail there was in it. Um it just it just kind of made me laugh out loud. Yeah, those are the real coconuts. But it's one of a couple of legacy animations that are kind of clipped straight out of the game. Mm-hmm. And depending on how much mocap can do with it, those can actually be ported straight over. For example, there was one shot where Diddy takes his hat off, yeah. throws it on the ground, and starts stomping on it. I was like, oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, and you, it's one to one because it it because why it wouldn't looks it be? exactly yeah <laughs> they're it, using the it, same it, technology. That's, that's a thing a human can do. Um, or DK caroling a barrel over his head is just kind of like a nice little connective tissue from the game. It's so like, yeah, that's how he carries him. Yeah, lean in, uh, do more. Un- unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, some of the iconic poses aren't possible with mocap, like the DK knuckle dragging walk. Sure. Um, but overall, I thought they made it work for him. You're telling me you don't want to put mocap dots on an actual gorilla? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know, you know, it, yeah, I don't know if I'd be I, able to make him do go-kart racing or, or minecart racing. I can, but at what cost? <laughs> um, one animation thing that always threw me because it was so inconsistent was his teeth. Oh, yeah. That are sometimes there. Not when they should be. Like, it's not necessarily just when he's angry. It's just like. Sometimes we get an angle into his mouth, and then sometimes teeth grow out of it in real time. 
yes yeah, sometimes it's like a tommy pickles like gum mouth but yeah, other yeah. times it's those aren't straight they're not human teeth certainly but they're also not gorilla teeth i don't they're like weird oval things well so so often he doesn't even have teeth <laughs> yeah i don't know that must have been a facet of the um the hand the what was it called what did i call it earlier hand on hand over method of uh, motion capture animation to kind of fill in the details. Yeah, M- maybe they just didn't know how to do that good. I, I would, I would imagine, because they they already have to fill in the details for those real long mouths. You know, the snoots, the gorilla mm-hmm. snoot. So, um, which I don't think gorillas have that pronounced a uh, you know jawline. No, right? f- famously, it's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> right, they got um, the big uh, brows. Yeah. Can we can we talk about the music? Um, do you mean the intro song, which slaps, the original music of Donkey Kong Country, which slaps, or the formulaic two songs per episode, which are dangerously inconsistent? I I'm talking about kind of background music, but you can start wherever you want. Donkey Kong, <laughs> I'll blow you out of the water. Oh, as steady as she goes now. Yes! Oh, splendid orb of power! Okay. Uh, You know, the Donkey Kong franchise has really good music. Uh, David Wise is is kind of the named composer that people think of. But the composer for the intro theme to this show is somebody, or or some band, or some person named Pure West. (laughs) That almost sounds ironic, considering, like, West being civilization and oh, the I idea see. behind yeah. Donkey Kong and yeah, um, it is catchy. It gives you the it, idea and it gets you grooving. I liked it. I I don't love it, but I I think it's the same. So so something that and this feeds into kind of the background music that they do a lot of the time is that when Donkey Kong Country the TV show decides to do music, it's all pulling from the same pool of instruments. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, gonna get your classic like rock setup with your with your drums and a bass and electric it's, stuff. It's, it's drums, it's marimba, it's like pan flute pipes kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And the intro makes me think of Margaritaville. <laughs> it, it's it's all like Copacabana kind of instruments. Which yeah, is we're just, on vacation. Like the steel so, drums not far away. It's so good. Like that's that's very useful in terms of kind of setting the stage here. And, like, it's it's nice and upbeat. There's no... See, this is the intro to a better show that didn't have Karul being so antagonistic. Or, or rather, didn't have, like, kind of the uh, the stakes being as high as they apparently are. They do have the bridge section where it becomes militaristic and it does the K-Roll thing. Um, yeah. What you I, do like, I do like that the... So, so the intro animation is a clip show of just different parts of the, the episodes. But it's it's synced up pretty well. Like there's this long uh, uh, where they're doing like a loop to loop in a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I like that pretty well. It's a thoughtfully arranged collage. Yeah. Yeah. What about the music during the show? I, I liked it for most of the time. the The big exception were the Star Wars Christmas level special levels of awkward. 
uh, of for the for the songs that they make. I remember there was one where they were like in a in a cave, trying to trade a yeti some matches for a barrel. That one was bad. Um, well, I, I didn't see any that were good. They were all that level of of nonsense. I liked a few. Um, I can't call any to mind. Oh, there was like a sea shanty with the pirates. I stopped listening to that one five seconds. I, this is just, it's subjective. I don't like songs. I don't like original songs in my shows if they are at that regular, if they're at so regular a clip that it doesn't feel like they were creatively motivated. It, it feels like, um, it feels like they were filling a quota like Phineas yes. and Ferb did. Yep. And that's, I, uh, I wasn't there for it, man. Yeah. I, I think there were times when they really made it work, but a lot of times it was either phoned in or just like short enough where it didn't bother me if you can't make a great one don't make one is is sort of my feelings on that but then how um, will people know it's the show uh, it's well i mean i don't know there were some songs in there that like it was pretty clear that that was not a great one mm-hmm. like like without even needing to open the can you know um but it you know i i don't like songs in my in my shows so that's that one might just be on me um, I also got some syncing issues. I don't know if that's just on my side. Yeah, the li- the lips never synced up. I, well, I don't I, think it's possible. I think I might, might also just gotten a bad copy where it was like there was a, a lag period between the audio and the video. And that can happen for some of the older shows that it, get saved on the internets. It can, but I think because of the mocap, like, one, they're not putting the mocap balls, like, on the tips of the lips. So there's going to be a delay there. And then mm. the models are going to be more pronounced in the in the like that area, uh, so there's going to be a delay there as well. So it's just you're you're not going to sync it up. It's an impossible challenge. Like you can't even, you can't blame the voice actor on that, and I would blame the voice actor for a lot. You in, would have uh, to over enunciate to a distracting degree to avoid that. It's already distracting enough. I agree. Like that's uh, that's a hard challenge to to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, the dialogue is also pretty terrible. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. Uh, and I, I do not care for the banana slamma uh, quote. The catchphrases aren't good. I, th- I liked Bluster's um, dialogue often enough because he had a bit more of like quippy wordplay alliteration type thing. Everybody else is much more catchphrase driven. He he clearly went to Yale, yes. Yeah, well, you know, he he got in on his grades, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 think about that donation that his uncle made. Well, he happened to lose his uncle's pocket watch when he was touring the campus. <laughs> it would be a shame if somebody sold this pocket watch. Chancellor. Oh, dear, this bag of money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, he I I would believe a bluster dynasty. They're all called Kong, though. Like, And that, that can't mean surname because Candy Kong and D- Donkey Kong are certainly in a relationship. No, they're, they're all bastards. And they just that's what your name is. Your last name is if you're a bastard. It's like how Jon Snow like that's just <laughs> what they did in Westeros. 
Right, or John C. Riley, which is what they did in real life. <laughs> yes, of the O'Reillys. <laughs> of the O'Reilly clan in Ireland. I, I like the idea of like Kong being affixed to bastard names in uh, like in uh, in Donkey Kong Island. That's mm-hmm. almost like you know. That's almost like um. Oh man, what's this? This reference is kind of is kind of weird, but like um. Uh, in it wasn't Breakfast of Champions. It's a Kurt Vonnegut novel, uh, where there's this philanthropist whom is a very successful, very uh, well-off uh, kind of kind of person, like millions of dollars, all that, and he's trying to write his will. But there's a legal issue where like 80 different people uh, have all claimed that he's the father, and he's not a you know particularly horny guy. So like it, it's clear that they're 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 just trying to. Mm-hmm. get inheritance for for kids without um you know without any anything like that and by the end of thing by the end of the show or by the end of the the book he's just like you know what they are all my kids let them <laughs> split the inheritance amongst like, these 80 people <laughs> let, who have no relation to me let them They're, fight like, over it <laughs> well not let them fight over it. it's just like the bounty of kong island is yours to inherit yeah like, <laughs> Earth, Earth's common uh common uh what's the word like a like a common loss on no, it's it's just like it's the it's for the common benefit of Earth. No, sure, I, they're they're just words of the state. Alternatively, and this is much more sinister. Um, <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> more sinister than Vonnegut. Do go on. The the Kongs are the ape people of the island, and then there's the the reptiles, the the Kremlings, and those are the last names so that we can stay segregated. Like, oh, you know, somebody's applying to this job. What's the last name? Oh, you know, it's one of those names. You know. So that could be another possibility. Oh, like they're Montagues? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's another example. <laughs> Do you think that there's a romance between Candycock and Karul or Kalump or whatever the hell the, the general's name is? A, a, a man can post on the internet. <laughs> I wouldn't deny it. <laughs> so uh, I don't have actually a lot left. Um, there's uh, one more extra detail. Uh, not not ex exactly related to this show yeah, go ahead Maybe, no i guess it is kind of related to the it's it's informed by this show it, w- it would help if it was not related to this show <laughs> yes um well uh i don't know if you're familiar with the heavy metal band Alestorm. nope however uh there is a song from the cartoon pirate scorn i think you had mentioned it was covered by the scottish heavy metal band Alestorm in their i'm not kidding here Curse of the Crystal Coconut album. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and the album cover, you should look it up right now and see if you can spot the several nods to the Donkey Kong video game franchise. Hailstorm Crystal Coconut. Yep, that should get you there. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah, this guy looks great. This guy is like right out of Pirates of the Caribbean. That was also an influence for the album, but like you can see on the left, there's like a Kremlin and a TNT barrel. Oh, there they are. Yeah, and, and hey, all the way in the top left is a DK coin floating in the background, which is just like, ooh. <laughs> Little Easter egg treats for you and me. Isn't that, isn't that great and weird? That's so bizarre. And if you will permit me a memory. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> there was one time that my sink overflowed, uh, and I didn't have a mop. So I went over to my buddy Ulysses's uh, apartment, and uh, he and Mark came over to the um, to my place to like kind of mop it up. Ulysses was just there eating cookies, which I love. 
Uh, but Mark took off his shirt and took the mop and just like swabbed the uh, the the kitchen area mm-hmm. and to kind of help the time go faster and like to fit the theme, I put Ailstorm on or maybe not Ailstorm, but just like pirate shanty songs. Yeah. And I know that uh, Ulysses is a fan of Ailstorm, so I figured I'd mention. Oh, that's great! And that's yeah. your favorite memory of this show. <laughs> that's that's the one. I, I think, think so. honestly, I think the best part of the show is Karul's uh, characterization. Like he's so mincing. You you've been um, primed by Radigan to enjoy this archetype. It's it's very it's pretty close to Radigan. Mm-hmm. He's just a he's just a sleazy smarmy villain uh, that is not actually that dangerous. He's dangerous in his own mind, and that is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I didn't you know I liked a variety of parts of this show. To me, like I watched one, and I'm like. It's straddling the line between, like, legitimately, like, relaxing and carefree and fun and so bad it's good type of thing. Like, it kept my attention a lot better than some other shows. I, um, so whenever we do kind of a video game adaptation, we, uh, I try to view it on two separate metrics. One, is it a good adaptation? And two, is it a good show on its own? I think it's neither. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what it does do is gives me a new appreciation for motion capture um, which I which I appreciate. Yeah, you don't see this very often. Yeah, and I'm like I know that I'm sounding like a caricature of myself. I swear I'm not being facetious. The image of Donkey Kong jumping on barrels that explode him upward, and just like seeing all the subtle muscular changes in his legs and butt as he like goes and does that, is just something you don't get with standard forms of animation of this vintage or even later vintages yeah there's mo- just way too much to animate in them cheeks uh in order to like do it by hand yeah more more of that um mm-hmm. we're getting a lot we're getting some of that back in video games now where they're using mocap to do cutscenes where we can see actors facial expressions a lot more clearly yeah and we're, we're back in the in the realm of idle animations very rarely is it used for this sort of big bombastic movement yeah, not to mention, like, it's just for a serial cartoon. Like, it would be way too expensive to do this if it was, like, a He-Man kind of thing. Like, there's a reason that um, limited animation was king for so long. Yeah. Um, and that's because it was cheap enough to actually do to sell to the markets at the time. Mocap is uh, is another step toward uh, that, you know, computer animation glory. Oh, I thought limited animation was king because it got a hold of that coconut. <laughs> no, it's because it wore a crown and talked like Radigan. Got to clobber that there Kirby. That's what it's got to do. God, it's so similar to King DDD. That they know what they're doing. <laughs> I think he did need like an escargoon of sorts. Like Kalump is Kurump or whatever the the general's name is 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 like fine. But yeah, he, they, I would love that. That should have been a more well worn like in interaction where like you know Kalump is just he's he's a father to his men. He's a general who's earned his stars. Uh, and this, this, you know, he, this, this, um, this puppet king, this, uh, this, this kind of man child on the throne is just getting in the way of all of his militaristic accomplishments by setting out these plot. Zane, there's like a lot you can do. Yeah. The, his, his, but underlings not with were, the show. his underlings were too dumb and they weren't resentful enough of him. Like there were never any like snarky comments. Right. What we wanted was like a, um. What was it? Buster Bunny's character in Sonic Sadam versus um, uh, versus uh, Doctor Robotnik. Robotnik had like that Weasley, like what was it? Schneebly, Ned Schneebly kind oh, of character. God, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would have liked a like like a simmering antagonism between Karul and his general. 
just anything to add a bit more characterization to these episodes. Yeah, just um, we need way more characterization for this to fly. Yeah. I think um, I but, agree with but, you. But to be to be fair, I like the environment and I like all the down- Donkey Kong assets they put in. Like when they jumped into the minecart and did the minecart chase, I was like, "Oh hell yeah." <laughs> yeah, this I is like exactly what around. I want from this. I like them wandering around this island. It's it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it I gave do... me kind of um it gave me Moomin kind of feels. Mm, yeah. We're like this is a magical world that we're exploring. Because it is, you know, you play Donkey Kong 64, you go around there, that island, and it's like there's there's hidden gems in every nook and cranny. Yeah, you're telling me that the Wright brothers in this world are a Rastafarian that uses exclusively barrels? <laughs> so I, I think I agree with you that this is neither a good adaptation nor a good show. I think I'm only slightly in those categories for each. I, I definitely liked it a lot more than you and think that... The yeah. aspects of it that were adapted well are the ones that matter more to me. Um, but given what they had to work with at the time, I, I I think this is I think this is well done. I'm gonna say like this succeeds on a tech demo level for me, but not much else. We're gonna um, take we, the win. Which is fine. we're gonna pass this. <laughs> yeah, we'll pass. We'll take a pass on this. I think of the video game shows we've looked at so far, this is probably the weakest. Hmm. I don't remember very many good things about Sonic, but. Oh, well, the, the world building was fantastic. What? Remember roboticization? I think I would rather watch this than Sonic or Mario. I would definitely rather watch Mario... Super Bar- Mario Brothers Super Show is clearly top <laughs> front contender on that metric. That's not fair. We'll, we'll then Sonic Sadam. Then this. No, then Super Mario Brothers uh, 3 and World and this all go in the same bucket. Which is the bucket that YouTubers pull from when they want to animate something in a weird way. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a bit of YouTube poop energy here. There was oh, like a, yeah, absolutely. There was like this, a, this oh, came pre-pooped. They, they're making fun of Jimmy Neutron, but their their home computer is just a little less powerful than the studios. That, that's why it reminded me of Beverly Hillbilly uh, sequence in UHF so much. Uh-huh. It felt like Jimmy Neutron, but a parody. Yeah, Jimmy neutered. <laughs> Jimmy neutered is a good joke. We should well, have made that back. You know, because Donkey Kong ain't showing anything. <laughs> I, like, honestly, <laughs> just because we saw his butt so much, I was constantly thinking, when is he going to poop? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be soon. I saw him eat so many bananas. I'm I'm desensitized to such things. <laughs> of, of course. This whole you, thing you, was too naked. You look at a lot of ass these days. And speaking of which, uh, is that the end of the... Is that all we wanted to say about Donkey Kong? Yeah, I'm I'm all done. All right. Thanks for thanks for listening. Oh, well, we should mention for those who are not aware of uh, Silva Gunner, though. Oh, yes. Yeah, we may have mentioned Silva Gunner, this this uh, internet prodigy who uh, or group of prodigies who is king among men. The who remixed songs uh, often from video games with other. He things. found the crypto coconut and became king of the internets. And the Donkey Kong country, uh, the Donkey Kong stuff that they use in general is very fun. Yeah, I'm not going to say good. Again, it's not necessarily good. It's fun for me for now. Uh, The bounty of nature is at your fingertips. Good. Uh, Yeah. So uh, yeah, Zane, uh, what are we doing next time? Well, next time uh, we are going to be talking about Frisky Dingo. Uh, It is a little 
funny just when i when i watched the episode of donkey kong where they had an election and i was like whoa i wasn't expecting that and when i watched frisky dingo and the whole second season was an election i'm like okay also wasn't expecting that (laughs) wait did you never see that before uh no oh that's really funny then i had only heard you quote it out of context for years i mean that's like the in context makes just as much sense as out of context with that show yeah i'm gonna have to rewatch some of those episodes because it's been a little bit but uh, i'm I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to talking about it and yeah, how, about after, fun. how about after that? So after that, this is the one with Code Lyoko, right? Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, we are going to reach out to uh, our friend to see if he can come back to, to come on the show for the first time. Superfan uh, Alex has expressed interest in doing Code Lyoko, um, and uh, we, we would like to do it. So we're going to try to set that up. Um, and if not, we'll redact this. I vaguely... Zane, don't, Zane, don't edit this until I confirm. Okay. I vaguely remember this show being like, I, I only saw like shots of it and it's like action poses between these kids and there's big high stakes, but they're just, they're, it, they're using their teamwork against it all. Is that kind of what we're dealing with? Yes, but Digimon also. I got enough Digimon. Also, also Digimon or Dot .hack or uh, Persona or any of that. I've had all of that enough for a lifetime, Ben. I, I, I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> Well, these 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 guys have even stronger foreheads than uh, than Ty. The foreheads are going to be an interesting adjustment, as will the animation. They're basically six heads, yes. Oh, because they're wearing glasses, because they like put their glasses up top to, to no, like. Um, but yeah, that that's what we're doing next. Uh, uh, the thing, and the other thing, Fun uh, and, and yeah, very good. Uh, so, um, if you have anything to say about. Those things. Frisky Dingo or uh, Code Lyoko, please drop us a line at cartoncast.com or fancybat.com slash cartoncast slash contact uh, to go ahead and suggest a show or tell us anything about the show that you want to mention or just give a shout out. You mm-hmm. can also go to our Facebook page or you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or your podcatcher of choice to give us a rating or review. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Yeah. You dastardly apes, you. Ben, it occurs to me that we didn't really express just how much they say banana slammer. Um, correct. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>